Hello and welcome into the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. It's week 10. I'm Mike Graham, joined as always by Brian Navarrete, and this podcast that you're listening to is being brought to you by the University Medical Center and powered by the AJ Media Group. Hey, Brian, uh, really exciting slate of games this week, especially at the top, and, and I think we've got to go with uh, the uh, the premier game of the week, uh, two unbeaten teams. Um, New Deal is visiting Abernathy. Both of these teams are 8-0, 3-0. The District 2-2-A Division One championship is on the line. And honestly, this could be a preview of a uh, Region 1 championship kind of game. I think so. I, I like the way this one kind of drew itself up at the beginning of the year to where, you know, right now we're sitting at 8-0 and then 3-0 uh, in district. And you literally have the district title on the line as well as, you know, uh, maybe some bragging rights with them being so close together. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, this is uh, a really exciting game, and, and um, expect a sellout. You know, the stadiums aren't humongous. It's it's going to be a really intimate environment, and I, I think that there are going to be a lot of people that really care about this game, not only because it's a great football game, but because there's obviously a rivalry between Abernathy and New Deal being about five miles uh, down the road from each other, down I-27. Yeah, if you have a strong enough arm, you could probably throw a rock from one end to the other. But th- this has been a big rivalry in the past, and it's going to be a good game. What I like about these two teams is uh, kind of their makeup and all the players that are involved in it. Uh, they're a younger team, and uh, they've just been impressive all year round. We didn't really know um, what was going to happen with New Deal with them graduating some of their bigger players, or not bigger, but some of their premier players. But They've definitely turned it around, and Amaya Martinez and Jet Wetfield are doing really good jobs. On the other end, you got Cole Carlisle and Bryson Daly. I think when it comes down to it, you got the players, you got the game, the atmosphere is going to be good, and I'm glad I'm going to get to go out to it. Yeah, you know what the best thing about this game is? Is that everyone plays two ways. Uh, so it's it's definitely an Iron Man game. You know, you, the, the four players you mentioned, they all have roles on, on both sides of the ball, uh, especially quarterback Jet Whitfield and quarterback Bryson Daly. Uh, from New Deal and Abernathy, respectively. They play linebacker. Yeah, uh, I think more so at the beginning of the year. I think now, at this point in the year, they've kind of held them back in playing both ways. I've seen uh, them take some snaps off. Uh, Jet Whitfield didn't play linebacker against Hale Center, but that could change in this game because you want to put your best players forward. Right, and do you think they're just trying to conserve them? So, I mean, like if you got into a desperate situation in the playoffs or an important game and you thought – Oh, you, had, you had a mismatch without inserting Jet Whitfield in the game. You think that's what they're doing, just trying to, to save them and save their bodies until they really need them? I think so. In the playoffs last year, I, I think they were doing the same thing with Bryson Daly where they were holding him out a little bit defensively and playing him at quarterback because you don't want to lose your quarterback, especially in the playoffs. But as soon as push came to shove, there he was back at linebacker. And uh, I, I can pr- foresee both of them ending up playing on both ends of the ball when it comes down to it. Uh this game is going to be a grind on both ends. Last year, it ended in a thriller. Now, you've seen both these teams already this season. Kind of describe the, the traits of the teams, any similarities between them, and then any extreme differences. Um, I think there's a pretty big uh, similarity in that they're, they're going to come and they're going to pound the ball out, and they're just going to beat you up front. They're going to try to beat you up front and make you play to their game. Uh, there's no tricks on either ends, you know, they just come out and they play uh, ground-and-pound football. Um, I was surprised when I saw New Deal because uh, I didn't know what to expect from them. But 
turns out, you know, they have kind of the same makeup as Abernathy and, you know, having the tool dual threats in the backfield and then being able to do big things downfield when they need to take a shot, they've got players. And of course, I'm talking about Brandon Coronado over at New Deal. He's an excellent wide receiver and a good kicker for him. And uh, I, I think when it comes down to it, uh, the, the big question mark for me is always is going to be for both teams how the defense is going to perform because I think the offenses speak for themselves coming into this game. We caught up with Coach Daly just before we started recording this podcast to get um, the, his view of the game in his own words. And we've got Coach Daryl Daly on the line from Abernathy. And, and, and Coach, you know, you've got, obviously got a very important game coming up against New Deal. Two unbeaten teams. Uh, the district championship uh, is very much on the line. Um, just tell me about how, how it's been in Abernathy early this week, especially as it pertains to the team and, and how they've looked in practices through a couple of days. Well, we've looked, you know, we look good. We, you know, we prepare every week for the team we play on Friday night, you know, and this is a big one, uh, playing New Deal, not just because it's five, you know, minutes down the road or whatever, uh, but it is, you know, towards our goal of trying to win a district championship each year, and, you know, and they're a tough team, really talented, but, you know, uh, old kids, if you have to give them, get them up to try to play a big game like the New Deal game, then, you know, uh, we're not going to be very good anyway. These kids, uh, they love playing in these type situations, so it's been a good practice. Uh, kind of a scouting uh, New Deal, what do you kind of expect to see from them offensively and defensively on Friday night? <laughs> Just like you always do with New Deal, well coached and, and a lot of speed on both sides of the ball, uh, put a lot of pressure on you on their defense and offensively give you a lot of looks and, you know, they hit a lot of big plays. Uh, they've got a lot of really good players. Uh, you know, we got to be able to to slow that down to really on both sides of the ball. Yeah, in particular, it looks like they've got the, the one-two punch with uh, Namaya Martinez and, and uh, uh, Jet Whitfield. How, how do you prepare to defend those guys when, when they're on the offensive side of the ball? Well, you know, we try our best not to give them any gaps and, you know, and, and make them uh, hopefully run sideways because if uh, – uh, you know, my gets going downhill, you know, he, he's awful scary when he gets into the opening like Mark was last year. And, of course, Nehemiah was part of that last year, too. Awful good, you know, freshman last year, sophomore this year. And, and Jet's a heck of a quarterback, physical kid, does a great job. You know, we just got to play assignment football and defense, and, you know. And they've got good receivers, too. Brandon Coronado is one of the best athletes on both sides of the field for him always and and there's other ones uh and so you know they're a balanced team but those two are pretty tough so we've got to do a good job on on those two especially uh, in big games like this uh, what is the atmosphere like and how do you keep your head the kids heads in the game you know just in, in preparation well we've been lucky we've played in a lot of big games and you know a lot of kids that we have played this year you know, played in those big playoff games last year and, and the New Deal game last year. I mean, we were real lucky. We block a, you know, you don't usually block a field goal uh, and return it for a touchdown really to win the game. But but we were able to, and, uh, you know, it was a great deal. But our kids lo- love this atmosphere just like their kids do. There's going to be people packed in there just like it was last year. You know, like I said, if you can't get ready for a big game like this, then you don't really deserve to be there. And Coach, I just kind of wanted to revert back to uh, the, the, the New Deal game last year. How much do you think your team benefited when you got into the, the deep rounds of the playoffs, having, having played New Deal, and, and do you think it's the same kind of recipe this year? 
Well, you know, last year, you know, we played, start off with Sundown in district last year, and we're down 21-0, whatever it was, and came back to win, you know, and that was the bigger thing in district. And But it, that gave us some confidence that we could play a close game or come back from behind. And, you know, then we, we rolled along and played New Deal at our place. And, it was, you know, they were awful talented just like this year. And we were able to get some breaks and, you know, like, like I said, like to block a field goal, those type things. And, but we were starting – we executed late in the game that really helped us. But, you know, the kids are confident, you know, that, that if we can keep it close or whatever, that we have a chance to win. And that's all you can ask. And then final question, both these teams are still fairly young, uh, especially at the at key positions. I mean, do you think this is a thing that's that's going to continue on in the future and, and maybe year over year kind of shape the Region 1 picture heading into the playoffs? Well, you know, we may not be even in the same uh, division next year. Uh, you know, unless those numbers change, we're probably going to be up uh, away. And But New Deal definitely has a lot of young uh, young kids in there. You know, they've got good ones coming up from the junior highs, you know, and I think we do too. Uh, we're awful young in a lot of spots. and So, yeah, you know, New Deal's always going to be strong. We're going to always be strong, you know, just wherever we are going to be next year. Coach Daly, we really appreciate you joining us. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah, it's going to be a heck of a game, Brian. Uh, any any final thoughts on uh, on Abernathy and New Deal? Just that, like I mentioned earlier, I think this one might come down to uh, who can make the defensive stand. In case people forgot what happened last year, you know, Coach Daly kind of talked about it a little bit. It was a thriller. Uh, this game is very much it, it, very much electric when it comes to the atmosphere and. Uh, most of these kids, you know, they grew up knowing each other. So whenever you get that kind of uh, uh, background in the game, it's always going to be an exciting one. Now, I've got a couple of moving parts in, in some of the districts, and I think one of the biggest games is um, Lovett Cooper visiting Monterey. Uh, Cooper's coming off a 55-22 loss to Coronado last week. Monterey lost to Coronado two weeks ago uh, by about the same margin, I think. And You've got this uh, five and three Cooper team uh, running into a four and four Monterey team. Cooper is one and two in the district standings. Monterey is two and one. Th- uh, this is basically a battle uh, between second and fourth place because uh, Cooper also has a two and one record. Uh, Abilene Cooper. So a lot of moving parts, but uh, this is this is Cooper's best shot to to hop back into the playoff mix and and uh, win a higher seed as, as far as Division II uh, seeding for the 5A playoffs. It's a big game. You know, when you look at the district, obviously you see Coronado and you think, oh, well, what's really exciting about this district is whether or not, uh, you know, Coronado is going to win the outright district championship. But this is a big game coming up with, uh, you know, like you said, seeding on the line. Seeding could mean everything when it comes to the bi-district game later down the road and getting past it. So uh, I think both teams are going to come out and they're going to try to, you know, make sure, secure their spot into the playoffs as well. This is going to be Lovett Cooper's third consecutive week to see a similar kind of uh, run and shoot offense. You know, spread. Uh, you know, led by a great quarterback. All all three of these teams, uh, but Monterey is a little different, I think, than, than Coronado and uh, Abilene Cooper, just because. They like to run the ball with quarterback uh, Brylon Lawson-Young, and he, he's, he's really stepped up into that role as a senior because he came into the season known for a great arm. And as a, as a senior, he's really gotten involved in the running game. Uh, and I think there's a good chance that he'll end up as uh, Monterey's leading rusher for the entire season. 
I think it's very possible. Uh, like you said, they bring two different things to the field. And uh, I, I think Cooper will be prepared, and I think Monterey is going to be prepared for Cooper. They've both seen each other against different offenses. Um, obviously, with what Coronado was able to accomplish against Lubbock Cooper last week, Monterey knows a little bit about some of the weaknesses maybe when it comes to the game and uh, what they might be susceptible to. So on the other end, you know, Co- Cooper's going to be prepared for Monterey. This is another big game whenever we were – Whenever we talk about rivalries in town and everything, I think this one might get overlooked sometimes, but I, I think it's just as big as any others. Definitely. Only only about a seven-mile trip up to Lowry Field from the Cooper campus, and uh, I think a lot of these players intermingle. I, I mean, you, you think about Lubbock, and yes, it's growing, but it's still not a, a huge place. A lot of these kids uh, know each other from youth teams, from church groups, stuff like that. It's always fun when, when these teams get together. And uh, it's funny because you don't see a whole lot of animosity between the teams. Everyone around here is pretty respectful. You know, I wonder if it takes longer to drive from Monterey to Cooper or New Deal to Abernathy when it comes <laughs> to distance. If we were talking about a straight line, obviously. Right. But, uh, yeah, these kids know each other, like we said, with New Deal Abernathy. Probably grew up together. So there's going to be... I think it's going to be a pretty electric atmosphere as well as with the New Deal and Abernathy. But some of the players to look out for, uh, Brendan Mill. Um, we'll see if we see a return for some of the players mm-hmm. that sat out against the Coronado, yeah. sat out in the Coronado yeah. game, rather. Cooper for for um, the Coronado game was without running back Elijah Boyd, uh, safety Jake Patrick, who, who's been designated week to week. And as uh, Keith Campbell, I, I believe – was in the game, but I don't think he got any touches uh, coming off an injury. And you could make an argument that those are the most three athletic players that, that Cooper has. And when they're out of the lineup, you know, obviously it gets tougher. But I think the biggest thing for Cooper is that they just can't turn the ball over six times like they did against Coronado. Um, you know, came out and on their third play from scrimmage get it, or gave, gave up an interception return for a touchdown. And things just kind of snowballed from there. You know, you get more aggressive, you take more shots. Uh, you get flustered. I mean, the turnovers were divided right down the middle. Three fumbles lost. They fumbled six times and three interceptions. And, and uh, I don't think Monterey can count on them, uh, an opponent that will give up six turnovers. But I think that Cooper definitely needs to be careful, especially if they're not at full strength, uh, because giving the ball away is the single fastest way to give away a win. Yeah, definitely. Six turnovers is no joke. And then again, uh, when you look at the Coronado team, it's not out of the question with all the talent they have on their end. You know what, though? I'd say that only two of those turnovers were earned last week. Oh, yeah, I think so. Uh, But, yeah, they're going to have to limit the turnovers. And I'm pretty sure that was the focus coming into this game on Monday morning when everybody comes in to practice you always try to pinpoint what it is that needs to be fixed, especially in a big loss like that to Coronado. And I think when it came down to it, um, they were talking turnovers. You can't turn the ball over, not offense. Or, yeah, you just can't turn the ball over and expect to win a game. Two really well-coached teams going at it at Lowry for uh, second, between second and fourth place in the uh, District 4-5A standings. And, and then a final game we're really interested in is uh, from District 1, 3A, Division 1. It's, it's Shallow Water, which is 7-1, has no 3A losses, 3-0 and in the district, going up against a Friona team that until last week was unbeaten. And are, they're entering the game 
seven and one, two and one, having lost to Muleshoe. And I think the really exciting thing here is that two South Plains teams are shaping up to play a true district championship game in the final week of the season, uh, Muleshoe and Shallow Water. Yeah, we'll see if Shallow Water can answer the call that Muleshoe had to answer last week and having to take on Friona. Like you said, they weren't dealt a loss until last week when they faced them. But on the same note, I think this is one of the better Shallow Water teams I've seen. Yeah, no doubt. Um, obviously, two years back, they were excellent. They were very potent. But now they kind of look like a different team in, uh, from just one year removed. So we'll see how they do. Cutter Sparks is really making a name for himself in this district and I think in the region. Yeah, I, I was thinking about this the other day. Is it, is it more that the players got older and more mature or is it the coaching that, that Brian Woods brought to this thing? Because uh, this is a dramatically different team. I mean, Shallow Water won two games last year. Yeah, I think it's a mixture of both. Uh, every or The kids kind of filling in in the roles that they had to take on last year. And Brian Wood has done a lot of good things there. Uh, I got to come out to a practice at the beginning of the, the season and see them. And I was kind of uh, – I was, I was impressed with what they were doing. They were hustling to the ball and – uh, you know, they don't have the numbers that most people have. So, you know, you got to make do with what you have. But at the same time, I, I was just impressed with the way they were flocking to the ball and uh, all the things that they were doing. Brian Wood brought a lot of energy. I could feel he was in there with the drills with them. And uh, they warmed up with uh, some Oklahoma drills, I believe it was. And uh, it, I don't know, I thought it was just a great atmosphere and I think that's helped the, the kids buy into you know what they're going to do and and help them get to this point where they're sitting at seven and one you know like they're kind of like one of those animals too that when they lose a tentacle they just grow it right back losing Kobe Wood at the receiver spot the coach's kid uh appeared to be a devastating loss I mean he he was in half their uh passing game at that point and they haven't really slowed down no and I think a big part of that is uh Cutter Sparks and Brody Hendrick uh, being able to do some things. Uh, Cutter, like we had said, he's just making a name for himself. He's he, You see highlights almost weekly on Twitter of him showing off his arm mm-hmm. and his ability to run the ball. So maybe he picked up a bigger role after losing Kobe Wood. But I don't know. It's just been a good year for Shallow Water, and I'm excited for this one. But realistically, when you went out to visit them, what did you think that their ceiling was? Did you think that they'd hit the seven-win mark in the regular season? Realistically, I was expecting maybe a 500 season, five and five. Um, Just because of what happened last year, I didn't expect them to turn it around so fast. Usually in the lower classifications, you don't see a turnaround like that, I don't think. But good for them for getting to this point. You know, uh, the ceiling now is, I don't know. Yeah, looking, looking like a regional contender. Yeah. I mean, they, they have no losses to 3A teams, zero. They lost to Estacado, and even that was a competitive game. And that was after they lost Kobe Wood. Yeah, I think being able to compete against Estacado bodes well for anybody in this area. Yeah. Estacado is doing really well right now. Yeah. Shallowwater also has a 5A win against Lubbock High, and I think that's really impressive. No one makes the – no one jumps two divisions to, to play, you know, or two classifications, rather. That's 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 uh, suicide talk. Yeah. Uh, that's impressive. I think so, too. And, uh, no, I, I just – I'm excited to see how Shallow Water does in this district. And we have ourselves, uh, you know, a, a similar situation like New Deal Abernathy where towards the end of the year you're – 
biggest game is your last game. You know, some teams, they'll lock up the district championship and just have some games to play. But, no, these these teams have to be playing for their district championship late and the district uh, are in their district slate. So that always makes for an exciting atmosphere, and it's going to be good. Well, that's going to do it for us. I want to remind everyone that on Wednesday evening we will do a Facebook Live show where we'll pick these games and uh, re- kind of rehash some of the things we- we've talked about here, probably expand on them a little bit, pick the games at the end of the show. That'll be around 7 o'clock on Wednesday, or you can watch it on replay on the Lone Star Varsity Facebook page. Uh, beginning Thursday, I think you'll start to see some, some game previews um, of, of the games we talked about on LoneStarVarsity.com. Had a really good coaches show on Monday with uh, Coronado coach Seth Parr after their win against Lovett Cooper. I thought that was one of the better ones of the year. I think so, too. Uh, a lot of good stuff up on LoneStarVarsity.com right now, so make sure to check it out. Absolutely. Uh, just want to remind you one more time that the show was brought to you by the University Medical Center and powered by AJ Media. For Brian, I'm Mike. We'll see you very soon.